All right. I am uh, humbled to get this opportunity to come before you guys this morning and open up God's Word. Um, I was talking to Pastor Eric before as I was preparing this week, and so well, we're going to take a break from the Judges series, and we're going to jump into Philippians and talk about prayer. Um, anyways, I was talking to him, and he was telling me he was going to preach on one verse next week, and I was like, wow, that's really impressive. So this week, I'm going to one-up him one, and I'm going to preach on two verses. So... I'm going to go ahead and read the passage we're going to jump into, and then uh, we'll open up with a word of prayer. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, it says this, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds. In Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Uh, Father God, thank you uh, for this opportunity to come uh, before your church, before your people, Lord, and open your word and encourage them uh, in the word. I just pray that you would uh, bless this time, help us to learn more about you and your goodness, and also uh, teach us, open our hearts to what you'd have to say to us this morning, Lord. I love you. In your name we pray. Amen. So uh, I have a son. Most of you already know this. Um, his, na- his name is Zacchaeus. Yes. Uh, one of the ironies of us naming him Zacchaeus is that uh, he's very tall for his age, and he probably will always be pretty tall. And the irony is, is because Zacchaeus in the Bible is very short. And so I imagine that uh, as he uh, gets older and outgrows me, um, which I know will happen. Um, uh, I just imagine that people will, you know, come up to him and introduce themselves, and it'll go something like, hi, what's your name? And he's going to go, hi, I'm Zacchaeus. And I'm hoping in that moment that people think, um, your parents must have had a great sense of humor, (laughs) naming you after Zacchaeus, the short guy. And anyways, um, Zach's actually about to turn five on Thursday. He's grown up really fast, very exciting. And something that I've been... Me and Stephanie have been working on with him is uh, communication, how we talk to him, and, and also how he talks to us. Um, so I'll give you an example of a bad communication that he does. He'll come up to me with an empty cup, and he'll walk up and go, Ugh! Now, we can... <laughs> right. <laughs> now, now, we can all... We all know what he's asking for. He's obviously thirsty, but the point is, is that I need to teach him... And usually I'll respond with, what? Are you asking for something, bud? Do you need to use your words and tell Daddy what you want? And then he'll usually go, what was that? Zach? And it takes me a while to get him to go, may I have a glass of water, please? And, and so I'm, I'm teaching him and all of our kids how, how to communicate with us, how to talk to us, how to communicate right and what are some of the wrong ways to communicate. Like, for instance, grunting is not a very good form of communication, at least not yet. Amen. Yeah, okay. And, and, so, um, and then also one of my dreams is that someday when Zach grows up and gets older, that me and him could have the type of relationship where um, he opens up and talks to me about his feelings. You know, he's like, oh, i got a crush on a girl, all that. And I'm, I'm hoping that we have that kind of relationship uh, when he gets older. I want him to be uh, the type of son who communicates with his dad. Um, 
Before we jump into the text that we're going to be in this morning, I wanted to give an overview of the book of Philippians. Um, it was written to the church of Philippi. It was obviously written by the Apostle Paul. I don't know if you've noticed, I've preached here three times, and every time I've preached on the Apostle Paul. Um, I'm a big fan. Anyways, um, and really the theme of Philippians is joy. It's joy in the Lord. The word joy is used over 15 times, uh, either as an action word or as a noun. Um, also, another big theme, obviously, is Jesus. Jesus' name or a title about Jesus is used over 51 times in this little letter of 100 verses, about 100 verses. Um, and so what I wanted to do before we jumped in is um, I'm going to read from Philippians chapter 2. And in this part of the uh, letter, Paul is encouraging his, the church to uh, look onto others more than they look onto themselves. And then in the middle of this, he says Christ Jesus, and then he busts out into a musical. He busts out in song. And this little passage is kind of the central theme and the central passage of Philippians, just to kind of give us an idea before we jump into the text we're going to focus on this morning. It's uh, chapter 2, starting, I'll start in verse 5. It says this, Have this in mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so, that the, uh, so at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And so we look at this. We look at this passage in Philippians and we see that the overarching foundation and the overarching goal and point of this letter is the gospel. The gospel that Jesus Christ came and took the wrath that should have been ours and he put it on himself. The gospel, right? And so as we jump in, we're going to talk about prayer. Uh, but I wanted to start with this foundation of the gospel that Christ uh, adopts us into his family and makes us. If you're a believer in Christ, you are a part of not only a church family, but you are part of the family of God. He's your dad. And just to keep that in mind as we jump in, uh, the first part of the text says this. Do not be anxious about anything. Do not be anxious about anything. That sounds like a tall glass to fill, doesn't it? If we're honest, we look at this passage and we go, now, that sounds good, Paul. Uh, good on you, man. Um, I'll be honest with you guys. I'm a pretty anxious guy. I don't know if you saw me back there before I came up here and preached, but I was pacing. I do that because I'm anxious. I do, see, and I'm pacing now. Exactly. I, I'm a pacer. I guess we just have to deal with that. Um, <laughs> and so we all battle with anxiety. Uh, a definition of anxiety that I uh, Googled. Google's a valuable source, okay? Uh, the definition essentially says this. It says, experiencing worry, unease, or nervousness, typically about an imminent event or something with an uncertain outcome. Uh, I pretty much put it like this. We are anxious because we can't uh, control the outcome of all our situations. So there are certain things we get anxious about because we can't control it. 
And we, by nature, want to be very controlling, right? And so we get anxious. Um, I imagine that the person, who, the person who wrote this down was Paul. And at the time that he wrote this, he was in prison. And he's sitting in these shackles that were, like, they're down on his ankles and they're in an awkward position where if you sit, you're uncomfortable, but you can't quite stand all the way, so you're uncomfortable. And so he's in this constant state of uncomfort. He doesn't know what's going to happen to him, really. I, I mean, obviously, obviously in Christ, he knew. He knew where he's going. He's confident. He's joyful. Um, but he commands us to not be anxious, and he's the person who should, quote, unquote, be the most anxious, Right? And why did he do that? Um, before I answer that, though, I would like to also mention that the Philippians, too, he was writing this letter to the church of the Philippi, and um, he was essentially encouraging these guys to not be anxious, and they were a people also who would have been experiencing a lot of anxiety around this time. The church was on heavy per- uh, persecution in the church and outside of the church. There were false teachers coming in and saying, this Jesus guy isn't all he's cracked up to be. Or uh, outside of the church, there are people going, hey, oh, you're a Christian, we're going to kill you now. And so they're experiencing a lot of pressure inside and outside of the church. Um, and so, again, do not be anxious about anything. Paul, you sure? You sure? Um, but I guess the next thing that needs to be asked is, um, why do we need to be anxious? Or do we? We don't need to be anxious. Um, in Matthew, uh, Jesus is preaching a sermon on the mount, and he talks about uh, anxiety. I'm going to go ahead and read it for you. It's in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. It says this, uh, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God, and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. And so Jesus gives us the answer to why we shouldn't be anxious, right? So we've looked at what anxiety is. It's worrying about something. It's being uh, antsy and and. It's essentially not trusting God that he's going to take care of us. And Jesus says, guys, you don't have to worry. God's going to take care of you. And the, and the point, of, point of this isn't to say that, um, that God's going to you know, give us everything we want and uh, we can pray and we're going to get everything we'd ever need. But the point is, is that we actually we get God himself. 
the creator and sustainer of the universe says, pray to me, talk to me, and I will take care of you. The next part of the passage in Philippians says, and says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So, we look at anxiety, and now we see the remedy for anxiety, and that's prayer, right? So he's saying, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, pray. Give your supplications to the Lord. Be thankful. Let your requests be known to him. Uh, We pray to a God who, again, as Jesus said on the Sermon of the Mount, he'll take care of us. And why do we pray? Again, do we pray that we'll get what we want out of God? Is he a genie in a bottle? If we rub him the right way, baby, we'll get what we want out of him? No. We pray to God because he has saved us and he has called us to talk to him. We're in relationship with him. He's our dad. And he says, talk to me, son, daughter. He wants us also to depend on him. See, we don't just pray to make our requests known to him so that he can give us what we want. He wants us to be, uh, to be dependent on him. That we as Christians would pray to the Lord and put our trust and faith in him um, because that's what the point of prayer is. It's, it's not about us, again, getting what we want out of life. It's not about us being comfortable. It's about, uh, it's about him. We want to talk to him. We want to be known by him. And he, we are known by him, and therefore we pray to him. We seek and we treat him. We, as First Peter says, uh, we cast all our anxieties on him because he cares for us. And what's the result? Right? So we're anxious. He gives us the remedy. He says, pray to me. Talk to me. I'm your dad. I'll take care of you. And what's the result? And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Again, this text isn't saying that the peace of God will be him giving us everything we'd ever want. The peace of God is getting God himself. Remember, the theme of Philippians is putting our, uh, is uh, is in joy, and, and it's in peace, and so we find our peace in him at the end of the day. It's not about physical things. It's about finding our all in him. And uh, the next part says, we'll guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The word guard is a, <clears throat> excuse me, is a military term. Obviously, I think we all know what guard means. And it essentially means that it'll, uh, God's peace will stand with us. Um, so... If we discipline ourselves in the act of praying to God, if we put our trust and our faith in him and we talk to him, he will guard our hearts and our minds. Um, If we will be a prayerful people, we will be a peaceful people. Because we'll be putting our peace and not in our circumstances. If you get cancer, if something terrible happens to you, whatever it may be, uh, we will still have peace and joy because it will go above that situation because we'll be putting our peace in him. And he will guard us and he will protect us. And we will have joy no matter what. I mean, that's what Paul's the ultimate example of that, right? He, 
you know, in another letter, actually it was earlier in this letter, in Philippians, he essentially goes to live as Christ, to die as gain. No matter what happens to me, I have God, and that's all I need. And so we pray to him, and we thank him, right? Thanksgiving. Um, we are thankful for the cross, right? We're thankful that he came, and he saved us, and he died for us, and he rose from the dead so that we can be his uh, fellow heirs with Christ. So again, prayerful people are peaceful people. That's, if that's the biggest thing I can get, I uh, encourage you guys with uh, this morning is that. We pray, we put our trust and our faith in him. We pray in all circumstances. We are thankful in all circumstances. It's easy uh, to be thankful when times are going well, right? But we're called to be thankful even during the hard times. And even be thankful for the hard times because God is... Uh, grinding us a bit. He's making us stronger by doing it. Um, obviously, this sermon is very short. I'm pretty much done, and, and I kind of did that on purpose. I knew my nerves would get the best of me, so I planned for this. Um, so I want to encourage you guys this morning to, to pray together. Um, what time do we have? Oh, it's on the dot. Okay, so five minutes. That's all I ask. All I want you to do is get together with your spouse, your friend, your uh, daughter, your whoever, and pray. Thank God for everything that we have, for the church and the family we have, for the cross that he came and died for us and saved us, uh, that we have crops this year, that we have a grocery store that gives us food. Uh, You guys have your bulletins, and on the back of them you'll find prayer requests, and you can pray for those together. Um, So I just ask, um, that's how I'm going to close out. Um, Just five minutes of praying together, and then I'll come back up, and uh, I will close in prayer, and we'll be dismissed for uh, for the day. Cool? Thank you.